you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. There you are. Now it's a part. And we got another great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is actor, writer, comedian. His Comedy Central special is called I'll Say This, and his latest project is the podcast Anything Better that he hosts with Bill Burr. It's my pal, Mr. Paul Verzi. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Jane J. Say hi to Jane J, everybody. Hey, Jane J. Janie J, how you doing? What's happening, Jane J? Those voices you hear, Jane, are the people I love. My pal and pod producer, Marcus Stern. Hey, man. And my lifelong friend, Phil Tag. What's happening, pal? And my beautiful wife that I would like to wish a happy anniversary to. Hello, Mrs. Ferrara. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, nine years ago, she said yes, and I haven't let her out of it. (laughs) Well, happy anniversary, you crazy kids. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and honey, do you know what our ninth, you know what the ninth anniversary is? Mm, I know what I want it to be, but what is it? What, what I want <laughs> I, I want it to be trust fund. Do we have that? <laughs> is, is it the trust fund anniversary? I was going to say gold and silver. Gold and silver. No, <laughs> no. The ninth anniversary is pottery. Pottery? Yes. Pottery? Pottery. Okay. Yes. I thought the ninth left. anniversary was Bitcoin. I had that wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that anniversary. Yeah. Cryptocurrency. <laughs> no, it's it's actually it's actually pottery because our, it says here that uh, because your your so, marriage starts at a lump of clay and now it's actually forming into something. I don't know. That's, what that's it's sweet. Like. The first anniversary is paper. Okay, because it makes sense, right? Uh, the second one is cotton. Uh, uh, if you if you're really classy, it's Egyptian cotton with a high thread count. <laughs> the third anniversary is leather. Fourth anniversary is fruit and flowers. Fifth anniversary is wood. 
Sixth anniversary is iron. Seven is copper. Eight is bronze. Nine is pottery. Well, I got you guys beat. Way. I had 14 anniversaries. Granted, it was two marriages, but if you add them up. Yeah. <laughs> 14 anniversaries. So you made both of them made the seventh year? Uh, six and eight. I took the under on both, so I made out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They go, they, go, they go every anniversary up to 15. Then from 15 is crystal. Then it jumps to 20. Like, look, we're not going to keep doing this shit. Enough. We're running out of stuff. We're running out of shit. We'll do it every yeah. five years. So 15 I, is crystal. 20 I, is China. I think it's just the website you pulled up. Yeah. The website <laughs> is lazy.com. You think that has something to do with it? I'll tell you what I do love is the picture that I have of you and my car. That was very important to me. And I, wanna, I remember that. Yeah. You, you went like this. You went, mm-hmm. I want a picture of you with the car. I'm like, what? I want a picture with you in the car. And I'm thinking to myself, does he want me to get on the car with like <laughs> shoes? And I was thinking of that calendar. Now, you know, oh, now, right, that I, right, right. now that I think of it, I should have done that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I did do a calendar like that. Yeah, but we should have done that on the third anniversary because that's leather. So I could think of. Well, you lost out. Sorry. I missed that. But no, that was important to me because my, my girl, my car, and I had just bought the car. This, this was, and I was thinking about this uh, when I was talking to Paul Verzi because me and him are very similar, that the car was very important. But the, that was a very important moment to me because I flew back. We had to do the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. I was We were in New York, and we had a flyback. So me, Rutt, and Tanner did the Tonight Show for Top Gear on a Thursday. This was a Friday in December, and, and we were going to go buy a car. So we drove down to the car dealer on a Friday, because you always got to buy. I always buy a car on Friday, towards the end of the year, right by closing time. <laughs> because they want to go home, and I can get a better deal. And I, and I, and I, I told Alex, I said, listen, we're going to get up once. I'm going to walk out. You tell the guy, let me talk to him. Come and get me. <laughs> and then she goes, then what's going to happen? I go, nothing. It's all theater. It's gonna, you're going to look like you're calming me down. We'll walk back. That's all I need you to do. Yeah, and you, I remember you like raised your hands, and you were just like ch- yeah. trying to look like uh, upset. I was upset. I was like, ah, this guy don't want to sell a car. Honey, come on. Let's go. And I got up. So, so I bought the car. It was a used car, but it was new to me. So it, it meant a lot to me. So we, we bought the car. We came home. Uh, this was on the Friday. Pulled it in the garage, took a picture of my wife uh, standing in front of the car, and that meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Having a Mercedes and my beautiful wife in that moment, that was an accomplishment. I just did The Tonight Show. I want a picture of this moment, and that meant success to me. You needed a tax write-off. And I needed a tax write-off. <laughs> Throw that in. <laughs> so, so what would be like something like that for you, honey? What would be a well, marker of success for you? I marker success in little details. Okay. Like, um accomplishments that I, I do throughout the week mm-hmm. or like a, a goal like I have for a month and I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I get myself like little things like uh, my favorite ice cream or my favorite shoes. I should do that. Shoes. I should do that. It's cheaper than a freaking car. <laughs> yes. And you get to enjoy a lot more things, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like saving it all up. The point is I celebrate like little things that add up to big accomplishments. All right. Phil? I don't know. I've been thinking about this while she was answering, and I really don't, you know, I don't reward myself per se, but uh, I always love that moment in uh, Misery where James Caan celebrated writing the end of any novel by having a drink and a cigarette. Mm -hmm. I used to do that because writing the end and anything I work on is a big, is is a big deal for me. You know, it's a big goal. So um, but I really don't I used to smoke and drink, but I, I quit smoking and I don't drink anymore. So um, I guess I just get a pizza. <laughs> I don't okay. know what, I mean, there's nothing I really do. Well, that's not a celebration. That's, I, I've been with you where you eat out of anger. I'm getting whatever, <laughs> with Barney's Beanery. He's like, I'm getting whatever the hell I want. I'm yeah. eating these nachos and I don't care. And I'm like, who's stopping you? Go ahead, <laughs> me. What about you, mm-hmm. Mark? I haven't really had that great moment of success. Like when I was like, <laughs> I've broken through. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Like I've I've like achieved some things, but it's been a very gradual. Like, oh, I got here. I've been okay. Yeah, this has been a long, a long, slow trick to get to the middle. I, I, if I were to get something, a car, I think a car or a house would be like. I have arrived. Like if I sold a script or something like that, and like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like this huge thing. It, it would be a car I would want to get like I know I have a, a, a sports convertible right now, but I would get like a better sports convertible. And Adam, you would be my consultant for that. I would lean <laughs> on you heavily yeah. or I would buy like a beachfront house like that would be be like, look at this. I sold this movie. I'm doing great. I finally made it. Yes, this is the sign that I got here. 
Okay, well, those are different levels of success. A car and a beachfront property. <laughs> well, just giving you, you, you know, you bell got, curve. It's, you know? it's yeah. not like ice cream and shoes. You got to achieve something big. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I split this atom on my own. I'm getting the beachfront property. Yeah. By the way, Mark, when you go for the private jet, do it on a Friday at the end of the month. <laughs> yes. They want to go home. It's working in your favor. <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something with me. What? Like, I, I don't realize what I've done. And then someone will take it back and kind of show me exactly go step by step what I accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I think back, I'm like, you know, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> but, Let's let's have a little toast. You actually you actually yeah. do that that for me. You do mm-hmm. that for me because I don't I, do. I I just do what the next thing is, and I don't see I don't see that. And Alex points it out to me. You pointed it out to me on like because I don't watch any of the stuff I'm in. Mm-hmm. And she goes, "Look mm-hmm. at this scene. You were really good." I said, "Ah, I, I don't find him funny." <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, the other thing is when I have achieved moderate levels of success, mm-hmm. there's a voice in my head that says. Don't get cocky. This is all going to go away. Yeah. So don't don't overplay your hand. Don't go blowing your cash. Just live under the radar like you always do, because, you know, the hammer is going to strike at any point. See that I have that that (laughs) that feeling. And I think what for why I got the car and took a picture of my wife in that moment was like, I I better I'm celebrating this. So they can't take it away. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Document it. Yeah. Yeah. I document so they couldn't take it away. And I bought the car in cash. Because I'm not, you can't, I, you can't repossess it. I'm not late on a payment. I bought it at Routright. I, I think it, you got the car thing from your dad because I remember mm. you guys talking about every year he would like up the Cadillac he had last. Well, yeah. Every year he would buy a used Cadillac, which was new to us, and uh-huh. my mother drove it. So that's, he, my mother drove a Cadillac. That was a sign of success mm-hmm. from my father. You know, that was, Pop drove a plumbing truck. And when he came home, you know, the good car was the caddy, and my mother got to drive around town in the caddy, and that was his measure of success. So I, I think you're right. I think I get the car thing from my dad. Yeah. But yeah. Paul Verzi had it, too, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed talking to him because uh, he, he, he's a very similar guy to me. We have a very similar approach to the way we do stand-up and what we think is funny. Mm-hmm. And, and having a car as a sign of success is something we both shared. So uh, you guys, that. yeah, you oh. guys give a listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Let's talk about this advice you always hear about called celebrating the wins. You do two or three things that stretch or push you. You add some creativity and flair to the world, and you feel like, you know what? I did a good job today. And maybe you have a glass of wine, or you eat your favorite food, or you take a walk and you brag with your friends, whatever it is for you. I split this atom on my own. I'm getting the beachfront property. (laughs) You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. 30 minutes? My God, it feels like a week. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I have some stand updates. <gasps> Things are opening up? Yes, and I'm going back out on the road. Yay. February 25th through the 27th, I will be at Helium in Philadelphia. Love that club. Wait, there's more. March 4th through the 6th, I will be at Helium in St. Louis. Philadelphia and St. Louis coming up. I'll put a link for the tickets in the show notes. Yes, or you can just go to my website and click the link there, or you can go to Helium and click the link there. Look, we want to make it easy for you to come see me. Mm-hmm. And if you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show and let me thank you from a safe distance. Yeah, what do you say? I'm going to be... Funny and disinfected. (laughs) I love that. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird. My guest this week is a very, very funny comedian. Not only does he make me laugh, but he reflects my life back to me. His podcast is called The Verzi Effect. You can see his Comedy Central special called I'll Say This, available on YouTube. And his latest project is a podcast he hosts with Bill Burr called Anything Better. Both are available wherever you get your podcast. I'm grateful he has made time for me as he is a very busy man. If he's not smoking cigars or taking care of his family, he is driving his fully loaded Lexus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my friend Paul Verzi. How are you, baby? Adam, that was great, man. And you know what? You always could tell when somebody has their shit together when they actually do even two minutes of homework like that. Like that <laughs> intro just made me feel like you give a shit even a little bit. You I know? do. I do. Well, Paul, I do. We have, I've, I've always enjoyed running into you in New York City when we got to do stand-up. I, I had a great time with you on Kelly's podcast. You do make me laugh. You do reflect my life back to me. And I was trying to think, when was the last time we saw each other? Uh, and I remember running into you at Levity Live. You were running yes. your special. You know something? You said something to me at Levity Live that night. Mm. I was I came in to just do like a guest spot. You were so warm about it. You were like, yeah, of course. But I was talking to you that my special was going to be recorded soon. And you said something to me that I still tell people. And uh, it was amazing what you did. You looked at me and you could tell in my face, you go, what are you, what are you nervous for? Mm. And I said, well, you know, I mean, I'm about to shoot this special. It's the first one. And you go, listen, and never forget this. You said, look, you said, I could tell in your face, you're worried about it. And you go, that's good that you're taking it seriously. But you said, you already hit the home run. Now go run the bases. Huh. You remember saying that to me? You said that to me. You said you you already hit the home run. Now go run the bases. Uh, and I remember being like, yeah. And that puts some sort of ease and some sort of like, yeah, you know, I worked so hard to get that. And I the material is there. So just go out and have fun with it is what you were saying. And mm-hmm. uh, I never forgot it. Ah, I guess that popped in my head because I saw your face. And when I said you reflect my life back to me, I probably saw myself being nervous in your face. (laughs) (laughs) We all, all comics have the same emotions at different points and we get it. Yeah, Yeah, we're all nuts. But the reason I put the Lexus in there was I had the same experience when I bought my Mercedes. This little (laughs) nugget of success. Yeah. In your special, you said that little nugget of success, that one thing. Because I think as comics, it's not that we accept positive stuff. I think we question it or feel we don't deserve it. I, I'm, I'm yeah. not, I haven't filtered that out yet. Yeah, it's a it's a self worth thing, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself, listen, if this Lexus, if this 2013 Lexus is it, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm cherishing. I'm yes. gonna cherish this thing because yes. I don't know where the success ends. Nope. We always have that. Yeah. We always have. We don't know like, is this thing gonna keep going sure. to get bigger? Is this thing gonna stay here? So once I got in that car, I'm like watching the miles. I'm like, this could be it. So. <laughs> yeah, and you had the same reaction where well, your wife was using all the options and stuff and. The- heated steering wheel my wife uses the seat heater she has a seat heater on and with the air conditioning on i was like what oh yeah my wife uses the seat heater year round august it doesn't she just it i think she likes it on her back Mm. and uh yeah she just loves she loves that so it's like we use it you know yeah that really struck me. And watching the documentary you shot called uh, This Is What I Do. I saw Oh, wow. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. I saw it, but I, I remember thinking, yeah, this guy's leaving the suburbs. You're up in, in Westchester. Yep. And you go down into the city. Yeah. Uh, and then you go back. It's like a decompression chamber. And then you go back. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, my wife worked all day mm-hmm. and she'd get home around dinner time. Right. I would hand off the two babies to her. Mm-hmm. I would get in the car. I would go down to Manhattan. I would tell my dick jokes yeah, for, yeah. you know, a half a room of people in the sure. city at uh, midnight. And then I would grab a slice of pizza and a Diet Coke and I would go home and then, uh, you know, repeat. Yeah, that's it. That, that was it because I was from Long Island. I did the same thing. I play a game with myself where I would leave. I would write a joke on the way in. I would park uptown, start at Stand Up New York make my way downtown in cabs, end up at the cellar, do a couple spots uh-huh. on the way back, and hopefully I either had a joke or I realized this idea went nowhere. But we... <laughs> Yeah, that ride home was either oh. you're going to be a comedy legend or it was the most humbling, I'm not funny ride yeah. ever. If you, got an, if you got a new joke working on the ride home, you were like, I love my family, I'm coming home, I've killed this animal to feed you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I would get cocky if the night before I killed and mm-hmm. then I woke up in the morning and my wife gave me shit. I'd yeah. be like, do you know what you're sitting next to right now? You know, yeah. what you're laying down next to right. Yeah. I just killed in front of 30 people three times last night. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, and new stuff too. not this retreaded crap. I know works. This is new stuff I put in. there. In fact, let me play you the tape. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, that's so true, man. We all you know what the funny thing is? Mm. Every comedian. And I've noticed this, and I recently noticed it with Chris Rock's interview on on Stern. Mm -hmm. No matter where you are level-wise, no matter how much money you make, if you become iconic, Mm -hmm. if you become somewhere in the middle, I realize that the insecurities and the the mental woes that we go through, um, it really doesn't matter where you are. We all kind of have a certain wiring Mm -hmm. that is the same. Like you said before, it's the same. And I wanted to ask you about success because you said that little nugget of success. I had the same identity with my car, but success to me, first of all, it's important to have a definition of success. And when you said we go through the same thing, I think the the progress of us working on ourselves is we just do it faster. It's like the aggravation is still going to be there. The insecurity is going to be there. The writing is going to be there. And the things we go through, we just know that, oh, this is this, this is this, this is this. And we don't stay in the dark places that long. So we just do things faster. That became the measure of success for me. I was wondering if that resonated with you. Wow. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I never even thought of it that way, Adam, to be honest. But I think that that's like, yeah, that definitely resonates. I don't know your your upbringing with your your folks, your Mm -hmm. parents, but I know with me, um, my parents had like a, textbook, brutal, wrong way to do things divorce in the early 80s. Okay. Okay. My father is 100% Sicilian from the Bronx. Mm. You don't get divorced. Mm. We live, we will live in hell. Mm -hmm. We will live in hell. We will live in this unhappy thing. Um, And the weird thing was there was no cheating. There was no abuse. It was just my mom, just my dad was a different type of guy. And my mom was just like, she just didn't really want that. She didn't really care so much about status or things. You know, my dad was like a a big wig at AIG Mm -hmm. in the city. And um, my mom just wasn't happy for whatever reason. And it was brutal, man. They got me and my brother lived with my mom in a one bedroom apartment. I moved a lot. So as I was moving, I would try, I was funny. So I was able to tell stories and people liked me. Yeah. So kids in the neighborhood, even the older kids are like, oh, listen to Paul, tell this. So that was kind of my, that was kind of my thing, you know, even though it was kind of sucked to see my dad 11 hours or 12 hours a week, which the courts granted him like eight hours on Sunday and dinner on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So He's bitter going, you know, fuck everybody for doing this to me and my family. So I'm hearing that negative stuff. And then my mom. So I think comedy, telling jokes, friends and being accepted by friends because I moved was a really big part of it. So looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that's why I, you know, run to strangers to make them happy. I was thinking about that. Like, I'm I do love giving laughter and doing that, but it does take a certain person to be able to to or should or who would want to do that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've said this before. Something's either a warning or an example when we're kids. Um, And I think you have the same kind of wiring I do as the peacemaker. You know, old comics have a spidey sense to read a room. You have to. It's just part of your toolkit. 100%. But you don't know that you have it until you're on stage. It's just our way of being when we're kids. Yeah, I almost feel like, I don't know if you're a Star Wars guy. Mm, but uh, uh, The first one, and after that, I'm like, hey, there's girls here. (laughs) (laughs) no but it's almost like a jedi getting strength Mm -hmm. when we're first young we're like this young and then all of a sudden as we because you just said something that really struck a chord where you go we have this spidey sense but we don't know till we get up there yeah but now we know yeah so we're like that experienced jedi who is like we know it now and we can feel the room and stuff like that so 
I look back and sometimes, I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this, but somebody says like, would you go back and change? Your parents had a brutal divorce when you were five. You lost a lot of your security as a little kid. You, I was always worried something's going to happen to my mom. You know, I dropped out of college to do this. And now luckily finding success in, in this, in, in my dream, which is amazing. But I always wonder like, would I go back and my mm. parents don't get divorced and my dad stays at AIG and my parents get this big house and we have everything and I end up going to a great college because I had that stuff. I'm kind of like, would I be, would I be a different person? Would I just be a, the same person, but rich and not do what I do? And I look back and I'm like, you know something, man, I love the way things turned out. I love that. I found this thing, this dream and, and, and things have, I found success. So I don't think I would change anything, Adam. I really don't. All right, I go back and get the cash. I just go back, get the <laughs> yeah. cash, buried yeah. under a tree, write yourself a, like memento, right where it is on your chest. Yeah, yeah, I'd go back. No therapists. Yeah, no, no antidepressants. Well, I think, yeah, I think. Well, here's, here's what I think. I think you you arrive at that conclusion when you're settled in yourself. You got a beautiful yeah. wife. You got a beautiful kids, and that's your identity. And the fact that we get to do this as a living, there's a certain amount of gratitude in that. But we're still not. I don't think we're settled in ourselves because we're still providing for the people we love and we don't want to get complacent because we need that edge to provide, if that makes sense. It's like that you have a bit in your act where you were driving in your 2013 Lexus. And, <laughs> yes. and, and I know that feeling. You reached over and you grabbed your wife's hand. Yeah. I've done that many times. I'm like, look at this beautiful girl. I don't know why she's with me, but look how lucky I am. And I reached yeah. over and grabbed her hand and she's like, what's the matter? <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to hold her hand in that moment. And she mm. was just like blushing. And I'm like, she's like, what is this? And I'm like, what do you mean? We're going for a Sunday drive. We got the kids in the back. Why yeah. does it have to be something? Life you know? is good. Yeah. I, t- I tell my wife all the time. I come home with like, like Telly Savalas. Who loves you? I yell it. Who loves you? It's me. I yell it at the dog too, Paul. Who loves you? And she jumps up and licks my face. That's so funny, man. It's so funny how, you know, and we don't, I remember one time somebody said this business doesn't owe you anything. Nope. And I'll tell a story. I probably shouldn't tell this story because I don't want to come across as bitter. But I'm going to tell a story about when I was at the garden, if that's okay. Sure. I'm opening for Burr at the garden in the round. Mm -hmm. And I would be lying if I said to you, I'm not I'm not kidding, because because I did it one time where I hosted and Joe DeRosa middled Mm -hmm. and there was a sound problem. It still was great. And everybody was like, great set. But then a few years later, we did it in the round. Adam, if I went to sleep and had a dream. It couldn't have been better. It was a set of my life. I had the guard in the palm of my hand. Long story short, Chris Rock and Questlove were there and to see Bill. And mm-hmm. they walk in the back after. And Bill didn't know. Nobody knew they were there. And Bill's like, what are you doing here? And they're hanging out in Bill's dressing room. And then me and Joe Bartnick, who also killed, we're in our dressing room. We're flying high. Yeah. We're flying. I mean, I'm, it's like surreal. People are coming up to me. That was amazing, blah, blah, blah. So somebody runs into our dressing room and goes, hey, Chris Rock just said you killed and and something amazing about Bill, like his guy's killed and he's the king of comedy, some, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, oh, great. This is this is amazing. So I go into the room. I see Bill next to Chris Rock and Questlove. I don't know either of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I kind of don't even look at them. Right. And I say, Bill, that was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. And I leave. And then there's a moment, Adam, mm-hmm. where I'm backstage going around the wall and Chris Rock is coming and it's just me and him. Now, in my mind, I already know that Chris Rock had said killed. Right. So now I'm like, oh man, here it comes, man. You know, I might get some, I might get some love here from somebody. And we're walking and he makes eye contact and looks as though he wants to say something and doesn't. He puts his head down and walks by. Right. Uh. Now I'm like, at first I'm like, man, fuck this. And I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like I, but then I realized something as much as, as much as yes, it would have been great. At first I'm like, you know what? It's great for a guy like that at that level to say to a guy who's coming up, mm. Hey man, you just killed at the garden. Enjoy it. Congratulations. Right. But then I realized when I walked into the room to congratulate Bill, Chris Rock is right next to him. And I didn't even make eye contact with him or look at him. Right. And I'm realizing that even though it's different levels, it's like, you know, I kind of in a weird way was like I could have looked at him and said, hey, man, I'm a big fan. Maybe I didn't want to sure. bother him, but I didn't realize the other side of it. And then I realized, like, he's probably walking by. Go, this guy didn't even acknowledge that I'm here. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. So in that sense, dude, I'm just like going back to what we we're saying before. I realize and it's nice to realize, Adam, yeah. it's nice to realize that we kind of all are 
the same, even at different levels, because when, when those walls come down and you could just sit down and have a, a beer with a guy and just be like, Hey dude, I know what you go through. You know what I go through. And, uh, I think it would make a lot of any kind of relationship issues better. Not that I have a lot of issues with any comedian, but I think that wall comes down. We're all the same. It's like we're in a fraternity. Yeah. It's funny that, that you said with the fraternity line, any like Hollywood party and stuff you go to, cause it's part of our jobs. You know, you go to a premiere and you're, and you make, and you see the faces and you, it's yeah. an environment where you're allowed to go up and talk to people. You know, it, yeah. it, 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 you, the conditions are set where it's, it's, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm a big fan. And people go, oh, great to see you. You know, that, that's what that's for. Yeah. Comics by the buffet in the corner, <laughs> huddled together. Yeah. Like, it, it's like the sixth grade dance and the boys are nervous to ask the girls to dance. So they're all covered in one. Co- Comics will do that. We'll seek each other out and just be in the, in the corner because we have a, an unspoken communication. Yeah. It's like we're in the mob. You don't rat the guy out. Yeah. And, you know, but that's one thing about you that I really liked. Cause when I went into levity at that time, I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew of you and I knew of your work and I knew that you were great. And I, I knew all those things, but I never met you. And then having somebody like you, who's, you know, been in the game and done what I've done three times over because mm-hmm. of your experience. I'm like, how's this guy going to act? How, you know, you always yeah. walk into a green room, you don't know a guy and you couldn't have been more warm and everything. And it was just like, oh man, like I wish everybody was, you know, cause that's, I feel like the way you treated me is how I like to treat guys that are, that are coming up when, when they come in and see me now in the green room and I'm headlining and they're like, Hey, I'm opening for you. Nice to meet you. Mm. That's a really big moment that people take for granted. They think it's just a, Hey, hello. But like when you tell the younger guy, Hey man, looking forward to working with you too, man. Let's go have fun and no pressure. Just enjoy yourself. When you do that for somebody, man, it, it's a real thing that sticks with you. Yeah. First of all, thank you for the kind words. And uh, of course, it, it's also a moment of trust on my part because Chris Rock told me you were an asshole. <laughs> See, you know how to read the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, I've had that, and, and and I think you're right. And when people come up to you now, when when comics come up to you now, it's because. We're just we just been through the woods, you know. We know yeah. where the bears are, and we know when you're walking through the woods, like ah, oh, this guy's through the woods. This bear's gonna eat this poor fuck. Get over here. <laughs> you don't walk through the woods smelling like honey. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get over here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a certain amount of it's artistic courage, but it's very real to anyone that is willing to rip open their life and use it as fodder to entertain others. Because in order for us to do our job, we got to let whatever's true come out of us and whatever is true also has a story attached to it the way we see it and that's our pain you know because whether the story is good or bad there's pain attached to it what real or perceived it's real to us and i think uh one of the courageous things about the things we do is uh, we're willing to look at that and find what's funny in it to diffuse the bomb and to diffuse that for someone else that doesn't have the uh the skill set to do what we do to, to, to connect with someone. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and, um, you know, one of those guys that you're not only hilarious, but you're a kind human being. And, and I, I remember somebody saying, man, you know, you're, well, you're, you're hilarious and a nice guy, right? Almost mm-hmm. like it was a rare thing. And one time I was at the, the stress factory and, um, I was open, I was early opening for Bill Burr. Now right. this is before I was, you know, open for Bill and, and my manager had like reached out to him or something. And I just said to him, hey, man, I really appreciate working with you. This is a lot of fun. This is like years ago, man. This is like 07, 08 mm-hmm. um, and 07 at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. And I go, hey, man, thanks so much. I like this. I go, I'm sorry for my manager. And Bill just goes, what? You're sorry your manager did his job? And then he looked at me and you know what he said? He goes, listen, don't be that nice guy. And mm-hmm. I go, what do you mean? He goes, listen, it's one thing to be nice. Yes. But don't be don't be don't be nice to where you could hurt your, your career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Don't, don't apologize for your manager trying to, but like, I just had that thing where I don't want to bother anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I get the, I get the sense that you're the same way. Yeah. You don't want to impose upon somebody, but yet there's a, I think it's a self-worth thing, Paulie. I think it's a self-worth thing is Might like, be. I don't want to disturb you. I don't want to. And it goes back to the family. It goes back yeah. to your upbringing with, I'm sure you, what your dad yelling, look, your father's Sicilian from the Bronx. It wasn't a quiet house. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, he had his ways, man. Yeah. Like he wasn't like abusive like that, but he was just this like a, Italian dude who just yeah. wanted things done a certain yes. way, and, and you didn't want to upset him. And that's where that's where the so oh, I must have done this. Look what I have done to provoke him for doing that. 
it's a pattern. Sure. And it, yeah. I think as we get older, it affects our self-worth, and it's our pattern that we've learned to survive in that environment in the house, and we've taken yeah. those tools we've learned and applied them to our careers, and they're not valid anymore because it's self-sabotage. So I think yeah. that's what Bill meant. I don't know, I think, but I think that's what he meant. Yeah, when he, I, I remember him going, hey, don't be that like nice guy. And he wasn't saying don't be a nice guy. He was saying don't be the guy who's like going to apologize for people trying to help you. Don't be the guy that's, that's apologizing for working hard in the business or asking to open yeah. for somebody because you're young. That's what he was saying. He was saying like, don't do that. Like, you know, cause there's, you could be a nice guy, but still, you know, cause listen, I'm a very determined goal oriented competitive guy. You don't but have at to the tell same, me, baby, you got a 2013 Lexus. I mean, there you go. And I'm working on getting another used one in a couple years. <laughs> Listen, Adam, don't think I'm not going to be driving an 18 in, in 2022. <laughs> I already got my eyes set. <laughs> but, yeah, you focus like that, Paul, and, 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 and determination yeah. everything. Also, here's what else I found. When someone hires you to do a job, especially in acting, they don't want to hear, was it okay? But I hired you so I don't have to worry about this. I hired you right. to do this job to take the pressure off of me. Yes, and and I, I'm so glad you said that because I want to do – you know, you kind of have a career that I really admire. You're a, you're a guy with, you know, got a, a house of kids, you know, you got mm -hmm. the wife and you mm -hmm. got your career and you've done specials, but you've also acted and I'm starting to act a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I acted a little bit. It got, unfortunately got cut out by King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson and doing things like that. And yeah, you're just getting nervous that like, yeah. oh, is this, am I going to be okay with this? Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to be like an acting open micer where I'm asking, right. but at the same time, it's like, if you want me for the part, you want me for the part, right? Yeah. You want yeah. me for the part. You want me for the part. You like what I did in the room. And it's it's beholden on you to do the same thing on the yep. set and to listen and to – here's the thing. The best advice I ever got about acting in life, it ain't fair and don't be late. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like not being late is more important. It is. We're ready to yeah. go now. You have to be there now. You have to be ready to go now. When, it, when they knock on the door, we'd like to invite you to set. I'll drive. I'm the first one there. And you're usually waiting for, for a guy who's got a, a lower number on the call sheet for you. But I'm there because right. it's a job. I had Steve Sharippa on the, uh, on the show. And Sharippa talked about the Sopranos and, and being prepared. And that's what our job is. And, and life is like that, too. It's like, it's like we do these podcasts together, Paul, right? We do, we're doing all this stuff. At some point, something is going to, in the career, something's going to, we're going to break the water again. And someone's going to go back into the catalog and look at what we have. And if... Every show has the attention to detail on it, and the fit and finish on the shows are good. People are going to say, this guy's a professional. You know, you got to right. clean up the house. You know what else it does for me, Paul? It, it helps my anxiety in case the outcome isn't what I wanted it to be. The perceived, let's say you, you go in for an audition. It happens as, you know, with movies, you get low, back, 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 and you get to the director, and then you take your shot. I walk in, once I leave an audition, I, I do my checklist. Did I do everything I wanted to do? Yeah. It's out of my hands now. If I walk in and go, I blew that because I didn't. I've stopped an audition once, too. I've, I've, moved, I've moved the camera. I have. I stopped. I go, listen, listen, you guys, you guys are going to do this all day. This is my one <laughs> shot. May I? And I just moved it this way. And it made him laugh. And, uh, I, and I ended up getting a gig. So, Dude, I had one. I had what was, the, what was it? Dennis Leary show, sex and drugs and sex, drugs and rock and roll. Yeah, Kelly's on. Yeah, the one that Kelly. Bobby was, on. was the Bobby was the drummer, and they I was I auditioned to be an uh, <laughs> I auditioned to be a pizza delivery guy, mm -hmm. and I was supposed to say I got a pepperoni pizza for a Mr. Bam Bam because mm -hmm. that was his name, right? Yeah, and I was supposed to say a Mr. Bam Bam like I couldn't read the ticket, so I go in. And I got a Yankee cap on and I go, that's what a New York delivery driver would sure. be because I used to deliver pies. Right when I walk in, I walk in and I'm like, all right, you know, it's a couple lines. You'll be fine. I go in and they go, uh, uh, yeah, first of all, you need to take your hat off, mm -hmm. like, but angry that I had a hat on. So I'm like, I'm already behind the eight ball. So I throw the hat to the side and then they go, all right, when you say your name, just, you know, um, don't look exactly into the camera. Look over here. And like, I think I looked in a camera or whatever. And they were like, no, not the camera. I mean, Adam, when I tell you, I was, I had two strikes on me. I mean, I'm in the World Series with two strikes on me before I step in the batter's box. I don't even, it's, I'm dead already. And then I go in and I do the line and then they go, can you just exaggerate that line a little bit more? And I kind of did it. And they just were like, all right, thank you. And I mean, I knew, 
I felt like, you know, when you do stand up and you bomb yeah. and like you're, you're, you still have like five minutes left and you know, they hate you. That's, I, that was my entire feeling of this. So I just, <laughs> I mean, I just left, somebody said, how did it go? And I go, I mean, I just bombed an audition where I really felt like I bombed. But the nice thing is sometimes you get the opposite where yeah. you're like, I think they really liked me. So yeah. it's just what it is. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, that's wor worse here in California. If you go to Warner Brothers in the Valley, you got to go up the hill and over the hill. And there's usually traffic and it's a pain in the ass. I was at Warner Brothers. I did this audition and uh, I finished and they went, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Wasn't that wonderful? I mean, just really pouring it on. And you know what it means, Paul? You're not getting the part. Thanks for driving over the hill. We want to make you feel good on the way home. Oh, my God. Our business could be so yeah. brutal. When I realized that I called my agent, he goes, you didn't get the part. I said, why? He goes, first of all, if they really liked you, they're not going to fawn over you and then offer you the part because you're going to ask for more money. <laughs> right. In watching your stand-up, you have the examination of the life that you're leading, if that makes any sense. You're a confessional comic like me, but you have the courage to, uh, to go to those places and to expose them for others. And, and there's a specific bit I wanted to ask you about, which is yeah. the bad thoughts bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was watching that. I was, I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> and the bit is uh, when you watch crime dramas, I, I don't want to do your bit, but it was like you, yeah, you, yeah. you identify with the uh, when you watch the true crime stuff and then you go to bed at night. So if you could explain the bit, because I don't want to do it. I won't do it justice. Yeah, so I have OCD and it started in third grade. My mm -hmm. parents noticed it because we had this walkway. We had like you walked from the living room into the kitchen, but there was a little like pillar barrier on the side and right. I would walk around it. And mm -hmm. that didn't make sense to my family because they're like, he could just literally walk from the living room. Why is he doing that? And that was in third grade and it was a security thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where my OCD started. And unfortunately, I had to learn through life uh, that, you know, I would get into early in my career. I would have OCD on stage during a bit where I'd wow. look at a table. I would look at a table and drinks on the table. And I would I would literally start thinking wild shit. And I'm like, Paul, you got to, you know, and, and reel this in. And I started to talk to doctors and everything. But, yeah, I would sit up at night because of my OCD. My OCD was all thoughts. Mm -hmm. My OCD was other than the walking around the thing and maybe certain things. Uh, I would never wash my hands 150 times a day. Right. I would never I was more of it was more up here. And I would watch forensic files at night. Oh, and yeah. And this guy would kill his family or this guy would kill his, this guy would kill his wife. And I'm laying in bed. I'm, I mean, I watched, I mean, I it was a marathon. I would watch these guys just clip their wives all night long. Right. <laughs> and I'm laying in bed. Right. I mean, I'm not even joking. I'm doing this joke right now mm -hmm. where it's like, it's so unhealthy. The amount of murder that I watch right. that I start thinking about what the guy should like, if they're like, Oh, then he took the body in his pickup truck to his cabin in the woods. I'm like, then they're going to see the tire tracks in the mud. What's this guy? You got you to incinerate the car and put her body in acid. Like, doesn't this guy watch TV? So like, um, there's going to be DNA all over the place. So I'm, I'm laying next to my wife in bed uh -huh. and I'm just, and I, and now I start having a panic attack right. because she's sleeping soundly. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing that I am like, I do, I would never, but I'm realizing that if I did go to the kitchen and get a knife, I can kill her in her sleep. Nobody would know. I'll, I'll deal with it in the morning. And then, and I'm going like, so I start, and this is a really, this is a really true thing. If you guys didn't see the bit. So I'm panicking and I'm breathing heavy and I'm sweating. And my wife knows I deal with this. And she just goes, she literally felt me going through it. And she just goes, babe, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's just a thought. And I'm like, all right. And she goes, do you want to tell me what's on your mind right now? And I was like, nah, nah, I'm good, man. I, I, uh, she's like, she's like, how bad could it be? And I was like, couldn't be worse for you. It's, it's worst case scenario for you. So let's just put it this way. If I actually told you what was literally on my mind at this minute, I don't know if we're going to make it through this year. So, and, and, and so I had to deal with that. And like, that's kind of what I dealt with, with my OCD and my thoughts in life. And then talking to somebody, I was able, since I did deal with it from third grade, Adam, mm -hmm. I'm able to literally now when something wild just comes in my head, just go like, and, and I did learn that people like me and people that have that are more likely to not do yeah. what they're thinking about. It's just our mind goes to that place. Yeah. So I'm kind of able to kind of talk myself through it over the years and kind of have an understanding about it. And, um, but I, but I will tell you this and, and thank you for bringing that joke up because the amount of people that wrote to me across the country mm -hmm. 
one guy was like, dude, you saved my life, man. He goes, I've been dealing with these thoughts and everything. And to hear a comedian, like bring light to it. Like I've struggled with this and people don't understand like the silent, you know, epidemic, what this really is for people. And, and the fact that you were able to be honest with it and put a joke on it made me feel better about myself. That was something that really made me feel good that yes, it might be a mental illness and something that gets triggered by when you were younger and that your mind goes there. But a lot of people deal with it yeah. and it's on different levels, of course, but make fun of it, understand it and, and don't beat yourself up. And once I stopped beating myself up over it, Boom. that's when I was like, you know, all right, man, I can go on. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's just a yeah. thought. And if you can observe your thoughts and not identify with them, they don't have that sway over you. you I mean, your condition is you will you will identify and, and, and spin it over your head and then and the blame comes in because because you're Italian. We blame each other. This actually helped me, Paulie. When those thoughts come up, I go, hello, old friend. And the thoughts don't know what to do. The thoughts are like, no, you're supposed to get upset. I'm not playing with the thoughts anymore. You're not giving them the power. Yeah. And that's the thing. So like um, there's something called an undo thought. So this is crazy. But anybody with OCD can listen to this and they'll probably understand. So when I walked through a room, I just in my mind, I said, uh, I'm going to step foot in this room and flash everybody. Let's just say a crazy thing, right? Okay. An undue thought means you go back into the room. I know this is nuts, but you go back into the room and then you re-enter the room with the thought normal. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk in the room and instead of doing something like that, I'm going to wave to everybody, say, how you doing? And you'd actually go back. People that would have the undue thought thinks it's okay. Now you're not supposed to. So what you're supposed to do to like, it goes to what you're saying where you don't feed the beast and you don't let the beast. So what you normally do is I'm going to go in this room and flash everybody. Everyone's going to freak out. You just walk through it. And when you walk through it, you go, of course I would never do that. That's a crazy dumb thought. And I know I'm using a ridiculous example, but that's, that's kind of a thought. And then you would go, I would never do that. So I'm just going to wave to everybody anyway and not do not go back and redo it. And, and it's like you said, the monster is then confused yeah. and then they're going, oh man, okay. And then that's it. So I've learned that. And I think obviously by you saying what you said, you've learned to tame it and understand it as well. Yeah. The rules of engagement are don't engage. Yeah. Because you're not getting any power back. This is just what the mind does. The mind does this stuff. It's like being at a buffet. I'm not going to take that thought. I'm not going to take that thought. That thought's going to, I'm going to gain weight. If I take that thought, that thought's yes. not healthy for me. And it's the discipline is knowing when those thoughts arise and knowing how to deal with them and not going into it. The discipline is to to maintain vigilance over those thoughts because all the suffering, all the pain and suffering comes from the stories we tell ourselves, Paulie. Yeah. And what we saw as kids because we didn't know any better. It processes. Another one of my favorite bits. And like I said, you're reflecting your life back to me is how Italians insult each other. Brilliant. It's one of those bits when you see a guy doing that where you're like, that's funny. And then you start kicking yourself like, why didn't I think of that? Which is one of the best compliments you can give another comic. Yeah, yeah. So please take that in the spirit I meant. When you did that bit, I went, oh, is that great? No, my father would do that. My father would watch something with politics. Mm Mm-hmm. And he would just be like, can you believe that this guy wants to do this policy, this and that? He's got a disgusting wife. His kids are up and it had nothing to do. It would have nothing to do with the policy. It would just go, look at his disgusting wife. His kids are ugly. Everything. Nobody likes him. Did you know nobody likes him? And and I'm like, and I'm like, first of all, that you don't know that nobody likes him. Number one. And, you know, so. But that that was my father. And I was on stage in Albany, New York, mm-hmm. and I'm doing a joke. And I just added that. It right. just came in my mind like, you know, his mother's fat or the, his, his, <laughs> and it just came in my mind. So it's like, um, yeah, I was really, really happy and proud with I'll say this because I really it was the first it was the first hour. My album. I love my album. I stand behind it. Night at the stand. I did that a couple years earlier. But when I did, I'll say this. I was like, let me really talk about my life, man. Mm-hmm. And really talk about it. And this next one that we're going to do this year is going to be even better. But I appreciate somebody like you saying it's a reflection of your life. And that's the type of stuff because I'm a fan of the, the comedy like that. And right. there's nothing against comics that looked at people in a suit on the tonight show and wanted to do set up punch, set up punch. That was just not me. I looked at Murphy. I looked at Carlin. I just liked the guy that would stalk the stage, tell stories of their life. And you know, you did a joke, which is, is brilliant. And it's the joke about the horse race where it's, each horse is your emotion. Yeah. Yeah. The anxiety. And, And it, and it was like, it's like, it comes from a place of pain 
yet it's the most, it, it was like, it was, it, it's a place of pain and all your insecurities and everything, but you turned it into a horse race, which was so clever with the names. And it's like, that's the type of comedy that I, that I love and want to do as opposed to the, uh, the other stuff. And again, no disrespect to somebody sure. who did that, because I'm sure there were comics that watched the tonight show and said, I want to be in a suit and do what that guy does. Yeah. Well, yeah, you the know. special is called I'll Say This. It is very, very funny. I highly recommend you check it out. Your podcast, The Verzi Effect, you can get everywhere. And your new podcast with Bill Burr is called Anything Better. And uh, I hope you guys check that out as well. Paul, I can't thank you enough, my friend. I always enjoy your work, and I really enjoy you as a guy. And I hope we get to laugh together soon. Dude, likewise. And I'm, um, it sucks that this is over because uh, it went so fast. And that always goes to show that you, you like the other guy on the end of the, <laughs> on the other end. And it's a fun time. So thank you so much for having me, man. Best to you and the family, my friend. Be well. Likewise. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The ADD interview is brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. They have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, pet products, and as you know, I take the gummies to help me with my anxiety. And I'll tell you what, 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Oh, you don't have to thank me. 20% off anything they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com. Go. Feel better. My name is Paul Bursey, and that was 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. That was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> yeah, it was fun for me to hear you recognize your crazy in someone else. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say to Paul, if he's listening, I'm selling a 2017 Lexus ES350. If you're interested, <laughs> get my number it's from a Adam. It's a <laughs> yeah, That's You know we... what, man? He's just a great comic. And uh, from listening to the interview, he sounds like somebody I'd want to hang out with. He's just uh, too cool, you know? Yeah, and, and I love the story he told about you being in the green room and, and, and giving him a pep talk because I've been in that green room with you and you know how much I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. And you are the calmest, most supportive guy. And you're like, come on, just go out there and have fun. Because it's your office, right? right? And, and what you said about the bear in the woods, yeah, I'm the kid covered in honey walking around the woods being like, hey, bear, hey, you want to eat me? You know, I, I, like I'm, you can see my eyes are wide as saucers. And you are as cool as if you were just, you know, hanging out in your kitchen, having a cup of coffee. You're like, oh, yeah, I got to do this thing in a second, but let's wrap. Yeah, and I know what Adam's thinking. What? Poor Mark, he's just going to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to make sure. I want to make sure. He, I want to make sure he's comfortable. And I'm thinking, and I also want to figure out how am I going to clean up this mess on stage after he's done. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, Mark, first but of all, you do. You put, me, you put me at ease, and you're great with everybody in that green room. It really is. It's because it's not something I'm overly comfortable with or right. familiar with. And it totally just depressurizes the room for me. And it's a, it's a great thing. So I, I love that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's um, two things. Definition of a gentleman is someone that makes others feel comfortable. That always resonated with me. And um, my name is on the marquee. So this is my show. And whoever's in my show, it's my green room. So I'm in my head. This is the my experience the for host? everyone in the club. I'm the host. I'm not, you know, uh, it, I feel better putting other people at ease. It, it, mm-hmm. it helps me do my job better. Mm-hmm. So and somebody did that for me, you know. Lenny did that for me a bunch of times uh, mm-hmm. when I started. Lenny Clark did that for me, so I, I always learned it. Yeah, Phil. The thing is, every headliner and comedian does not have that mentality, and so that's what makes it special that you do. Adam's Italian. That's, hey, come yeah. to my house. <laughs> <laughs> He's Italian. That's what it is. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why, why do I sound like I, I should have an apron on and I'm standing in front of a restaurant? <laughs> come on in, all the pasta you can eat, nine ninety five, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way, after I come off, you're the first one there. That was great. You did awesome. We go back. We're just shooting the breeze mm-hmm. like you don't have anything going on. And all of a sudden, you'd be like, oh, you know what? I got to go do this thing. And by thing, you mean get on stage for 45 minutes to an hour and entertain strangers that you do brilliantly. Like, I'm like, 
you know me, before I get on stage, I'm like, everyone leave me alone. I have to go <laughs> yeah. by myself for like five minutes. I just got to settle my head, yeah. you know, you but you're like, yeah. oh, I got to go. Pick up that thought when I get back. It's crazy. <laughs> He's like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> I know. Well, I get, you know what? I guess I could tell the story because he's dead. Um, <laughs> there, Alan King was at the Friars Club when I was doing the Toyota Comedy Festival uh, with Alan King. And he was telling a story to a bunch of people. He was holding court in the green room, right? He was drinking uh, a glass of vodka. He goes, oh, all right, they're introducing me. Goes on stage, does an hour, kills, comes back to the green room, picks up the vodka and the story where he left off. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So anyway, like I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> I love That's people great. like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. They just do what they came for mm-hmm. and, you know, don't miss a beat. Yeah. And, and the green room, it's a special place. You know, you, you, you have your guests into the green room afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always felt like it was a, it was a place to, to host people that come to see you. Mm-hmm. And, and to take a compliment. Listen, if you, if you kill, please acknowledge Chris Rock in the green room. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, and I know it was miscommunication. Yeah, it was all miscommunication. I, and I don't think it was necessarily because of it being his fault. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just, you He's know, starstruck. You're starstruck, or but I, I think it could be even Chris just didn't want to bother him. First of all, he just finished killing at Madison Square Garden, so his adrenaline is pretty much flying. Yeah. All right? He, he's opening for Bill Burr. He walks back there. There's Chris Rock. So, you know, maybe he's just a little twitchy at that moment. But, you know, Chris doesn't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just people just don't know what's in other people's heads. They mm-hmm. think they do. Like you, Adam, you're like, oh, this person and this person, and you have this whole story. We don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm good and crazy. Yeah. And, and, he, and he mentioned... Yeah, because he was saying, no matter what level you are, we're we're all the same. We all have the same crazy. All mm-hmm. of us doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know what I mean? So Chris was probably thinking, why didn't he say anything to me? And that's Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're right. It's it's all the stories we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. and it's all the thoughts. And yeah, the, and I I was I was intrigued when he was talking about the OCD thoughts. Yeah, I oh. didn't I didn't know you could get OCD caught onto a thought and have that going. What I had do you no mean idea. You what? don't know. You do it all the time. <laughs> oh. Okay, let, let me rephrase. I didn't know that that's what it was called. Cole, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you Give just it couldn't name. define it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, it's got a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I get those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And so you get those thoughts when I'm laying in bed that you could kill me and get away no, with? No, no. <laughs> I don't get thoughts like that, mm-hmm. but if I just get these thoughts, like if you're driving right. and like, I'll think of a car crash. I got that. Yeah. I got that. You know when and I got- I hate it. Oh, I got that when I lived, uh, when I first moved out here, uh, when I first moved out to Hollywood, I was, I was living in this place where it was a grid. There was, there was the main street and then mm-hmm. there was the side streets and every other side street had a stop sign. So you were used to stopping. Oh, right. So every time I went to an intersection in my head, someone's- T-boning me through the intersection. Oh, that's scary. I moved. Yeah, that would make yeah, me move to. too. Yeah. I mean, you can't have a, a relaxed drive. Yeah. Yeah, but th- I have learned something about no. these thoughts, and it has helped me a great deal. Bad. Um, I imagine this thought while I'm driving. Even mm-hmm. imagine this thought going over the crash. I'll picture it how I picture it. Right. And it's over the ocean, and I blow it up into gold dust, and then it it, it I separate from the thought. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I can just, like, not bring it to me, like karma or anything like that. Okay. I just, like, no, no. It, you go into a nice golden, you know, dust rather than anything like that happening. There's a lot going on in your mind. <laughs> I do do it. I have to do that because I do have a strong imagination. What else don't I know about you? <laughs> well, I know how to handle you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. She's not wrong, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. I don't think I'm the only one. Mark, do you have thoughts like that? Mark, do you have gold dust thoughts? <laughs> no, no. Do you no. have thoughts? I, I think when I've been like up on like the Empire State Building, like a really high building mm-hmm. looking down. Mm-hmm. I think about jumping off. Not like I'm like climbing up and doing it. I just sort of like mentally think that maybe to get myself to not do it. I don't know. But like your thoughts drift in weird ways in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And you do almost have to be a lion tamer and be like, get back, yeah. get yeah. back. Nope. You're not screwing around with this kid. Like, just <laughs> keep moving. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. Phil, you got crazy thoughts? 
Now, when do I not have crazy thoughts? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> He's not lying. See, for me, though, it's not when I'm awake. I have crazy thoughts when I'm asleep. I got night terrors. Yeah, that's true. I wake up in a sweat. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. That's what I got going on. Yeah. I win. I win. Yeah. I've never experienced the night terror thoughts. I have experienced the day crazy thoughts. <laughs> day crazy yeah, yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Well, because I tell myself stories that aren't real. Yes, you do. <laughs> but you're aware of it now. But before you, before I, before I brought it up and pointed it out to you, my phone would ring. Goes, I texted him. I never heard back. What does that mean? <laughs> it means he's got shit to do, Phil. That's what. It, <laughs> yeah. it's or his phone dropped or something. Or yeah, it means that, or, you, know, you know he's got a he wife. Died. <laughs> yeah, it means he's got a wife and kids. Maybe you're not the priority. <laughs> I think that's that happens. We think that we're the center of oh, yeah. everybody else's life. I get it you too. Do the same thing though. Adam. Oh yeah. I get it too. I I call it tech expectation. Yes. I have, <laughs> I have tech like expectations. That. That's great. Get back that's, to me. That's great. Let me give it back to you. That's great. There you go. See, now I'm gonna go buy myself a car. <laughs> you earned it, buddy. But that's it. Even but training the thoughts when I got to uh to talk to Paul, we both have to have little devices. Like you blow stuff up to, into gold. Yeah. I do the meditation. Because what the meditation does for me, it just gives me a break from the machine that makes the thoughts. Yeah. So I can come back and accept the thoughts that I do have and pick the ones that are valuable and the ones that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Blow up with dust. Is that that's you? I just have a little added feature. So I meditate and my wife blows things into gold dust. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's fun. It's fun? <laughs> yes. All right. Sometimes I do it over and over again. <laughs> is that what the song Gold Dust Woman is really about? <laughs> I have no idea. But mm, maybe. I'm thinking cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Second. I don't know. Second. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I also like Paul's awareness of his crazy and what he has to do to deal with it, and he deals with it, and I thought that was uh, that was great. Yeah. He seems like he's always trying to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I have a lot of respect for that, actually. Yeah, he's trying to be in the moment and to celebrate the moments when, good, when he reaches for his wife's hand to hold her hand in the car because mm-hmm. it was that nice feeling like, oh, my family's in a car. This is a, this is, I earned this car. Let me just hold your hand. What, are you trying something? <laughs> Give me a good seat heater and I'm fine. Yes. Yeah, that was the other thing. I thought he was I yeah, I thought my my wife loves the seat heater I in the do. car. I oh, do. I have one of those. It makes me happy. Yeah, here's the she'll have she I uh, we'll go out to the car, she has the seat heater on and the air conditioning on. Sure. I want it really? warm yeah. there yeah. and cool uh there. Yeah. It's like that's like having it. coffee with ice in it. What the hell is that? Yeah. That's what she has that. She she has the she has the, the heat and, and the air conditioning on. The two fronts meet when I open a door and it rains in the back seat. <laughs> that's a problem. She doesn't we go we go shopping, but she doesn't even come to, we were at Whole Foods the other day. I said, Come on, honey, let's go. She's like, I'll wait in the car. I'm like Yeah. With the seat <laughs> yeah. heater on. I'm like, we're not pulling a job. What are you doing? <laughs> Leave it running. Yeah. <laughs> I come running out. I got the Fruit Loops. Hit it. <laughs> punch it. Punch it. Got it. Got it. I do like my bum warm. Yeah. <laughs> Happiness is a warm bum. <laughs> it's I true. I'm I, well, I'm I'm guilty of with the convertible having the top down in the summertime with the heat with the, the seat heaters on. It's a great sort mm. of contrast to the open air and it's yeah. cool and your bum is warm. You know, it's like going it's your AC on though. It's like you, you have to run the AC too. I don't need the AC because I'm driving with the top down. So that, in essence, is my AC. Yeah. The wind blowing through. Yeah, me. I totally yeah, I like get to it. Drive with the top down, summer wind, AC. Okay. okay. And the best, the best thing was when Phil bought the convertible. He goes, "I'm going up the coast, man. I'm doing this." He came back, Mark. He was sunburned. <laughs> oh yeah. That's- yeah. He was red. His face was red. There was a line on his neck where the shirt Uh-oh. was and, and the sunglasses. He looked like the photo negative of a raccoon. Why did I buy this car? Uh, yeah. They never tell you about that when you're buying it. You're driving off the line like, put sunblock on. Yeah. Put sunblock on. No, they and never Adam told me to do that, though. I was like, nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. And- about the seat heater, what I equate it to is like when you're going skiing, you mm-hmm. go into the lodge, have a little nice hot toddy. Mm-hmm. That's like a little seat warmer. That's you got good. the winter and mm-hmm. you got, but you're, you're, you're warm. You got a warm butt. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All yeah. Right. She's all about staying warm and, and hot. Th- Adam, how, 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 was it cold in your house? I don't let her put the heat on unless she's good. 
That's 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 one. It's of all the... about layering, Alex. It's all about layering. Yeah, I, th- that that's a measure of success. If I, if I feel she did good today, I'll let her put the heat on. That's that's <laughs> that's funny. I think maybe that's success when we can put the heater on and we don't hear you. Turn it down. No, you know what ultimate success is when we can use the pool heater. That's oh, when you know actually, you've made it. Actually, I have it. to agree with you. I'll agree with you. Boys, I have a, I got the pool here. I haven't turned the heater on. You know what my wife did? She bought me a wetsuit. I did. I wear a wetsuit. Oh I bought God. him a wetsuit. To wet go suit. into my own pool. I'm not... <laughs> Yes. Take a look. What are you, Jacques Cousteau? I'm a, look, what's oh that? My God, oh, my God, there it is. Were you thinking about using it today? Are you kidding? I'm doing it right after the podcast. <laughs> and you know what? I'm doing it right now. I want to thank Paul Verzi for being my guest. His special is called I'll Say This on Comedy Central. His new project is the podcast, Anything Better with Bill Burr. Um, honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? <laughs> the Adam Ferrar at Gmail. Uh, the show is growing. It's all because of you. Thank you so much. Uh, please tell someone you love about the show. Uh, and if you get a chance to leave us a review, it helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And always remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Don't peace. Yeah, and you. I remember you like raised your hand and you were just like ch- yeah. trying to look like uh, upset. I was upset. I was like, ah, oh, this guy don't want to sell a car. Honey, come on, let's go. I'm like, I and never get the undercoating. It's bullshit. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now... All you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.